1: r 002gmailcom at gmail prayer requests can be sent directly to hbc 2020gmailcom twenty twenty at gmail
2: good evening church family this is Frank for and welcome to the Hbc bible study podcast tonight I would like to look at hebrews six nineteen which says We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain. When I read this uh, this verse, I think of that old song, My Hope is Built on Nothing Less Than Jesus Christ, His Blood and His Righteousness. I I think of that song, and that's very true. I'm going to play that song at the very end of my podcast, because... You know, I could just put that song on my podcast and keep my mouth shut, and uh, the message would be heard. But basically, that's what it is. This is about hope. And there's there's all kinds of hope. There's hope in, the, there's hope in, your, tri- uh, in your money. There's hope in your health. There's hope in your family. And it, But it's all worldly hope. And, and really, worldly hope isn't not really hope at all. It, it's, it's a hope, but it's flawed. Uh, my dictionary defines it, uh, hope this way. It's a wish for something that, with expectations of its fulfillment. So basically everybody hopes. Everybody possesses the power to hope, and they do hope. It's just the makeup of human beings. Without hope, you know, I couldn't imagine what my life would be without hope. I, You know, I, I hope for this, I hope for that. And typically, you know, I'm the kind of guy that goes with small hopes, you know, I hope we have a good day, I hope it don't rain, <laughs> you know, I don't have those dire things in my life, you know, and a lot of people do, and uh, and I will too eventually, because, it, you know, in the valleys, in the mountains, but hope is there for us, and it helps us and sustains us. But there's two kinds of hope. There's a worldly hope, which I talked about, and then there's, the, there's the Christian hope, and The functionality of both Christian hope and worldly hope are the same. They both denote a positive expectation. But other than that, Christian hope and worldly hope are worlds apart. An example of this is like if you're an unbeliever, an unbeliever expresses hope. They don't necessarily have a basis or their basis is incorrect for their hope. They hope their basis, there's no baseline there. There's, you know, the they wish to have a good day or whatever, it's wish or whatever you want to call it. At best, the hope of the world is rooted in an imperfect thing or person. And I'll say that again. At best, the hope of the world is rooted in an imperfect thing or person. Which reminds me of the elections we just had, the presidential elections for the USA. Now, I'm not going to talk about politics. I'm the last person to talk about politics. But I know a lot of people concentrate on the small king in Washington, D.C., whoever that may be. And they're not looking at the big king in heaven, the only king in heaven. And that's, that's people. You know, they get all wrapped up in the, in the small things. Well, God is sovereign. He knows who's going to be there before they're even there, before they're even born. And he, he deals with it, he takes care of it, and it is what it is. So, you know, God didn't say, I didn't see that coming. And, uh, but praise God that he's in control and we're not. I, uh, I knew a couple, Dave and Jackie, they were good friends of mine. They was a young couple. This was back about, I don't know, 25, 30 years ago. I was running a factory in uh, Greenfield Research in Herman, Missouri, a long time ago. And I know Dave and Jackie, they were, they were the husband and wife team, and she did one thing for me, he did something else. We actually did, uh, we did the inside of Broncos, Ford Broncos. We had a contract with Ford Broncos. We did the, the headliners and the seat the covers and, you know, just a small little factory. But, yeah, we, we kept pretty busy. One day, one day, Dave told me he was going to buy uh, lottery tickets, you know, the scratch-off Missouri tickets. And he, he thought that he discovered a surefire way to become a millionaire by buying these tickets. And his thought was, if I buy all the tickets I can, the amount of tickets I buy, I'm, I'm bound to win. I guess that's what he was thinking. I don't know. I couldn't talk him out of it. But uh, anyway, every payday, he would go down, he'd get his paycheck, he would cash his paycheck, and he'd buy the entire paycheck with lottery tickets. And uh, what he thought was is, He's going to win big, and then he's going to write a book about beating the odds. And then he's going to sell a book, and, you know, that's even more money coming into him. So he had it all figured out. So this went on, I mean, for probably two months of him just, every penny he made went for a lottery ticket. And I'm I'm sure he won something. I I don't know what, but what he ended up having was uh, he ended up uh, losing everything, and actually him and uh, Jackie ended up getting divorced. And, um, yeah, that's, that's too bad. He had, uh, I think they had two small kids and, um, you know, cause they didn't make a lot of money back then anyway. And he was blowing all his money on that, but his hope was so flawed. I don't know what or why he was thinking or what he was thinking. And, you know, obviously, you know, he wasn't at that time, at that time, he wasn't a Christian, but he might be now. So praise God for that. Hopefully he is a Christian. I haven't talked to him in Many, many, many years, but uh, yeah, that was that's a sad story, and it's unfortunate that his basis of hope was flawed. Now let's talk about uh, Christian hope. Christian hope is revealed in Hebrews 1 It says, "Faith is the substance of things hoped for." And reading from King James version, the word "substance" in this verse comes from the Greek word, which literally denotes that which underlines. In other words, faith is what underlines Christian hope. Worldly hope is based on everything but the gospel, whereas Christian hope is based on the gospel and is strengthened by our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Personally, when I, when I think of Christian hope, I think of a red blood ribbon that was shed at the cross for you and me. This ribbon is fortified and made unmovable by our faith and anchored from our soul to God's mercy seat. This crimson ribbon acts like an umbilical cord that provides needed grace for our living. Life as Christians is never hopeless. It can seem that way at times, because one, trials can cause you to become weary in your mind, and two, during hardships, demonic assaults can be Working trying to cause you to abandon your faith in God. Notice how I said that. The devil can't take your hope from you. But the but through these attacks and deception he can cause you to misplace your hope in God if you let him. An anchor is a perfect word to describe the result or filling of Christian hope. In ancient times, the anchor was viewed as a symbol that represented safety. Because of this Christians adopted the anchor as a symbol of hope. The anchor was chosen as it holds a ship in place representing strength and security. This is not only a conceptual hope, it is an anchor for the soul. By that hope we are firm and we are secure. Being anchored in one's soul is a powerful image for the perfect peace in Isaiah 26.3 that Jesus secures for us. We are grounded in truth and righteousness of Christ as we are sanctified. This is more and more lived out in one who is truly saved by faith and follows after God awaiting for the return of Christ. I would like to end this story by talking about the inner place behind the curtain. Jesus has entered behind the curtain on our behalf and our hope is entirely in him. This implies that in the news of life, Romans 6, 4, we can approach the throne of our Father in in the heavenly place as a boldness of a son. The sanctuary, reading from Exodus 26, 31-33, is a term in the Hebrew Bible that refers to the inner inner sanctuary of the tabernacle where God's presence appeared. According to Hebrew tradition, this veil described first and most fully in description of the tabernacle was made of blue purple and scarlet yarn and finely twisted linen worked into it by skilled craftsmen it was to be hung before the Holy of Holies which was a perfect cube of 10 cubits per side the veil was hung by gold hooks on a wood frame which itself was overlaid with gold and the Ark of the Covenant was kept behind the veil. The curtain symbolized the separation of God and man. Only the high priest and the direct descendants of Aaron could walk through the curtain on the day of atonement to sprinkle the blood of the atoning sacrifice. Because of our sin, man is not worthy to stand in the presence of a holy God. I want to stop there just for a minute and talk about again about the, the priest going in to the Holy of Holies on Atonement Day. This was a big deal. Um, I've always heard when this happened, and I, I can't verify this, but I have heard it several times, that the priest, he had to tie a rope around his waist before he went in. And they'd done that because if there was, was hidden sin in his life or if something was wrong or something, was not right with God? the priest would just die as he went into the Holy of Holies to spread the blood. And they would drag his body out by the rope. Now, I can't verify if this is true or not. I've always heard it, and I I, I suspect it is, because it just makes sense. But could you imagine, uh, back in the Old Testament, could you imagine drawing the short straw to do that? I mean, that would would be... uh, That would be... uh, I I don't know what it would be. I I don't know how to describe it even. But uh, you know, thank God that we're under the new covenant. This is the same God that we pray to. This is exactly the same God. He hasn't changed a bit. But when we go before him, we're going to be covered with the blood of, of Jesus Christ, which was shed on the cross. And God's going to see that, and he's not going to see us. And uh, praise God for that, because I couldn't imagine uh, dolling the short straw and going to the Holy of Holies and um, having something like, I might have a sin in my life I don't know about or, or whatever. It, take, it took a lot of faith. And um, yeah, good for those guys that could do that. Uh, but I don't think I could, well, if God would give me the grace, because God gives us the grace to do all kinds of things, it would happen. But, um, yeah, I was thinking about that because you know, as you see the the tabernacle, uh, the covenant that David walked around before wars and stuff in the Old Testament, I remember reading about it one time where they thought they was going to drop the ark and they grabbed a the hold of the ark, you know, to steady it, and the guy that grabbed it died immediately because you know that's God, that's the presence of God that's that's representing him and he's not you know. And we're going to see the real deal. So praise God for the, for the blood of righteousness that's going to have us if we believe and we follow Christ. That's the ticket right there. He is the way, the hope, and the truth. We have the certain and real hope like a strong, unbreakable anchor holding our souls to God Himself. Our anchor of hope is fastened to the mercy seat which sits in the heavenly realm passing through the torn curtain into God's holy threshold. That's a thats a beautiful picture. I mean, when Jesus is on the cross, the veil tore, and that made our way, by His blood, to the Father. To truly hold on to your hope in Jesus Christ, and His promises, and there's, over 7000 promises in the bible you must increase and exercise your faith which will strengthen your resolve so that your hope will be quickened so you may you might ask yourself so how do i increase my faith well that's found in romans 10:17 so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Well, that's about all I have on this podcast. Um, Please remember to share this podcast with friends and family. As I said before, I'm going to go ahead and play My Hope is Built on Nothing Less. And uh, that's actually, that was written, that song was written 186 years ago by Edward Mote. It was written in 1834. Beautiful song, I'm sure everybody Everybody knows it, so I'll go ahead and end in prayer now, and then we'll have our song, and then uh, I hope everybody has a good evening. Oh, Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this time, oh Father. I, I thank you for your words, oh Father. I, I thank you that you open hearts and ears, oh Lord. I pray that this podcast, podcast goes out to the people that, that need it, that, that, that hears it, and I pray you're heard and not me. So give us grace this night, O oh Father, to be that church, O oh Father. Thank you so much for your blessings and for your love. And just watch over us now, O oh Father. And thank you again for the hope you've given us in the Lord Jesus. This we ask in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. My
3: hope is built on amen.
0: Stay tuned for a short weekly editorial with Face to Face with Dr. Fred. Good evening and Merry Christmas. That sounds kind of early, doesn't it? But it'll be on us in a few weeks. Now I have two distinctive memories about Christmas. I know you have many also. In high school, believe it or not, I was chosen to the select group of singers called North High Singers. I was a high tenor, would you believe that? That was in Wichita, Kansas. Our teacher, Mrs. Wolfe, was a dedicated Christian. We sang many Christmas songs, and then one was a popular a secular song written by Clement Clark Moore in 1823. It was a night before Christmas. Remember it? And all through the house and on a... Creature was stirring, not even a mouse. And it goes on, of course. It was fun singing at many places in Wichita. And it was a plus because we got out of school to do it. So we were excused. And so we just sang as many places as we could. Many memories there, many memories. But the song that stirs and still does my heart At the beginning of Christmas season is always the one written by Isaac Watts, an English theologian over 300 years ago, Joy to the World. Yes, that is a song that brings Christmas next to my heart. We had a small Baptist church, but we had many teenagers and we would go caroling with snow biting our ankles there in Wichita. Yes, one song we would sing seven or eight times at different homes was Joy to the World. The Lord is come, that earth's receiver king. Let every heart prepare him room, and heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. Yes, I want to wish you, and I know all our our people in our church want to wish you a very Merry Christmas. Joy to the world, the Lord is
3: come. see and heaven and nature see and hell
1: Contact information is as follows: Dr. Steve Wood, Pastor, Phone or Message at 64386541, Email at Steve R Wood 002 at gmail.com. Prayer requests can be sent directly to HBC Prayer List 2020 at gmail.com.
0: Thank you and God bless.